Greetings of the day, my fellow viewers, and welcome to another edition of Seize Your Business. My name is Steve Eschbach. I am your host. I am also an equity owner of the Business Lounge uh, uh, Network here, or the Business Lounge, if you will, uh, a membership where business owners get together and share best practices ideas. Uh, I am also the president of Transworld Business Advisors of Naperville, and I'm stressing Naperville. There'll be a reason for that in a moment. Um, I'm one of six or seven Chicagoland owners of the Transworld Business Advisors Global Network, if you will. We are the largest business brokerage company in the world, and we are also the fastest growing business brokerage in the world. Uh, and today I'm delighted to have a fellow colleague of mine, Matt Frischa. Am I saying that right, Matt? That is totally correct. Frischa, yep. Frischa, okay. And Matt owns uh, the LaGrange office here. So like I said, uh, he and I represent two of the seven Chicagoland Transworld Business Advisor offices here in the greater Chicago area. Uh, when I bought my uh, Transworld franchise back in 2016, I was one of two, and now I'm delighted to say I am one of seven, and Matt is another one of them. And we together uh, form a collaborative team to assist business owners confidentially sell and match them up with qualified buyers. Uh, we also do franchise sales to executives in transition or anyone else who might be interested in buying a franchise. And we also do franchise development. So for those business owners that are looking to expand via the franchise model, we have a sister team that's ready to take care of all the necessary paperwork and marketing endeavors to assist you in that, uh, in that regard. So Matt, um, one of the reasons why I'm delighted to have you as a guest today is that your background is so varied. You've gone from uh, advertising and sales to a business owner yourself, and now you are a business broker uh, representing businesses who are looking to either grow by expansion or actually kind of complete their exit planning strategy. So first of all, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining me. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Steve. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about your background here. We're going to go down. Uh, well, first of all, tell me about your office. You have an office in LaGrange. You have a team member. Tell me a little bit about uh, your Transworld office. Yeah, absolutely. You were right in downtown LaGrange, uh, 26 South LaGrange, right next to the LaGrange Business Association, actually. And yes, I do have an agent and a business uh, partner with me. His name's Tony Sansoni. And um, we work right there. I mean, we were pretty varied territory, but obviously through the Transword folks, we're kind of working with everybody as long as it makes sense and as long as there's a good relationship there. Sounds good. Thank you. Um, so now we're going to go back and rewind the videotape. We're going to go back to your childhood. Like I had mentioned briefly, and we'll talk more about this shortly, your background is quite varied. You'd been in uh, advertising with radio, with ESPN. Uh, you owned your business for about six or seven years in the home healthcare space. We'll talk a little bit about that. But tell me a little bit about your upbringing. Where were you born and raised? Tell me about your family influence on uh, forming the mat that we all know and love today. Tell me a little yeah, bit about that. Yeah, I'll keep it as, as brief as possible. No, so I grew up in the in the rough streets of Bloomingdale, Illinois. I just kid, because it's not really rough out there at all. Um, but it was Western suburbs. And um, yeah, I mean, I, I got into kind of different experiences as I left high school where, um, I mean, at that point, honestly, I was very into music, always into music. I thought I was going to be a rock star. So, you know, I was like, I don't know if I need this college stuff or not, but finally figured it out. I did end up um, in Arizona, so Arizona State, to finish my degree. Um, and uh, after that, you know, I had studied abroad uh, when I was at Arizona State. Um, thought that was amazing. And, and kind of all these steps to 
leave the Midwest a little bit and try some things. So um, from that experience in school, I lived in Germany for a while. I lived in Switzerland for a while, um, learned the languages there. And I, I was like, this is it. I'm just going to live in Europe and then call it a day, actually. Um, but then when I came back um, to the States after all that, that is when, you know, really my entrepreneurial spirit kind of kept going because I lived in New York for a little while. And um, again, was still doing this music stuff. I worked for a music company as well that was pretty large in nature. Um, but when I left New York, I came back to Chicago to kind of speed this up. So what started there, though, was after I was like, OK, I'm not going to be I was touring and temping and, and playing in music quite a bit. Uh, I was like the ship kind of came in and I worked in sales and radio. And uh, that was uh, exciting for me because I was still close to music. But it was like, OK, this is this is kind of fun and kind of a cool environment. Um, and that was it. I did media sales for 15 years. Um, and through that, always I had a lot big chunk in radio. Um, did some in broadcast TV and then some in uh, even on the cable side through CLTV that was out in Oak Brook at one point. So and that and, you know, I had a great media career was very, you know, ended at ESPN on the radio side. Um, lots of great friends still from that um, industry. And uh, it just kind of for me, I was always driving downtown and I was like, God, I, I don't know if I could do this forever. Um, and was in sales management and was, was a con executive as well. Um, but really the, the flip switched when I went to, I, we were always promoting a franchise expo and I went to one of those franchise expos and I was like, wow, like, this is kind of an interesting thing where, you know, kind of own your own business, but you have a cookbook to help you do whatever you need to do. And I was terrified of leaving a corporate job that paid well and had good benefits and all that other fun stuff. But I kind of was like, listen, if I don't do try this now. I'm never going to try this. And I just thought to myself, listen, if I just crash and burn, like I still got time, you know, I could still pick up the pieces and do what I got to do next after that. So I had just like how we do, I had a franchise consultant that kind of walked me through some options and it took a while, it took, a, it took a long while for me to even feel comfortable with that. Um, and I only chose the home care space because my mom had been working at the hospital forever. She was in healthcare for 30 years. And she, she had kind of talked about this, you know, business tied into the, you know, seniors and she was very passionate about it. And I said, well, why don't I, why don't I just buy the business and then I'll run it, you know, the salesy thing that I do. And then you can, you can be the back end, you know, to have a lot of the credibility. So we ended up buying a franchise for a home care franchise. And, um, it was good. I mean, it learned a lot of business lessons during that those years. Uh, and I think for me, I just wanted to check a box to say, okay, can I run a business? And that was that was my only goal. Can I can I do it? Can I make that happen? And yeah, it was real slow building. And then we uh, bought a third territory that had caregivers and clients in it. Kind of that kind of helped us expand quicker and explode a little bit more on how to manage the process better. And then I just kept doing, you know, I think everything's accountability. And I think I, you know, if the franchise gives you a model, I, we certainly fought against that initially. And we're like, oh, we know what we're doing. We know we're, we're going to know what we do. And then like burned through a bunch of money in a year or so. And I was like, why don't we just start doing what the franchise is telling us to do? And uh, then it, it started working, you know, it, it worked. And, um, you know, it, it's, it's one of those businesses where the runway is really long, but once you get in flight, it's like, okay, we're, the plane is off the runway. You know what I mean? And, and it's not an easy, it's not an easy business, but um, that's kind of, I got to business ownership. And then I guess the transition is why did you sell a, home, a you know successful home care business that you grew? 
for me, it was just that the I had the majority of my business career in B2B, so business to business. And um, this is very business to consumer. And it's very intense. I mean, it's, it's a very 24-7 business. So I loved it. I met some great families, met some amazing caregivers that were tied into it. Certainly loved building all those elements and pieces to it. But it, uh, for me personally, it burned me out pretty quick. Uh, and, may, and that's probably my own fault as well, because I don't ever want to say no to when the phone rings and, you know, when things happen. So um, it's a lot of, lot of Friday at five o'clock, six o'clock calls where you're, you know, rushing out there to see what people need. And um, that was, it was great. It was great. I just, for me, I had to put my mind into, okay, so I, if I can run a business, is this the exact business that I want to run for the next 10 years? And I said, well, and that's where I came around Transworld because uh, I had kicked the tires on trans. I always go to these franchise expos, saw Transworld, and I said, okay, well, I don't know um, if that's for me, but sure, sure. So I had a discovery day and went down to West Palm Beach. And I basically just said to him, listen, if you can sell my my home care business, I'm in. And uh, it took a while, but it got done. And that's where we met Larry, our counterpart, who you've interviewed as well. Um, and uh, I don't want to say the rest is history, but that's kind of that's kind of how I got here. So your commentary has raised uh, very, very good points, and I want to kind of touch on some of them. First of all, the Larry you mentioned, Larry Swanson and Downers Bro, he was a guest of mine uh, earlier in this series. So uh, check uh, the interview I had with him a short while ago. <clears throat> One of the things that you said, well, by the way, your mother had an influence on you in the home healthcare space. How about your father or any other family members? Was there any influence when you were growing up? Did you see yourself as Matt? the advertising executive, marketing executive, entrepreneur, or were you thinking something different and it changed as these inputs got along here? Yeah, absolutely not. <laughs> I just, I think what I liked is when I got the taste for sales, I was like, oh, okay, like this. What I loved was the, it was the, if you work harder, you get paid harder. You get paid more, I should say, <laughs> and harder too, I guess. But, um, and I loved that concept was just, wait a minute, if I make a few more calls right now, that can mean doubling my salary, you know, or whatever you want to call it, commission, salary, whatever it is, you know, next year. And I was like, I just, I don't know, I was bit by that bug where like, because I just feel like, man, I got a lot of energy and I can, I can exude a lot of that and make a lot of appointments and everything. And that doesn't bother me at all. So I was, I just kind of got bit by the, by the sales bug to get to this point. But I, what I also love about this specifically right now is I want to show people what I did, right? I, I got a loan. I felt really scared. I got an SBA loan. I thought, oh my gosh, what am I doing? I'm taking out more money. And now I owe more money, you know, but um, all the pieces kind of fell into place. And I think I, I think I second guessed myself initially. And then when you finally get into it, it's, it's not to say, okay, you can do anything, but honestly, if you're working really hard and you really can get out there and you got a little bit of sales knowledge, I'm not saying that anybody can be successful, but it certainly helps um, to grow a business. Absolutely. So again, now I'm going to go back to those points there. Now you sold a business and your home healthcare business, you sold after six years and you had mentioned that you were growing that business and you sold while that growth tra trajectory was still up. Correct? Yes. Yep. So, and I, mm -hmm, go ahead. Yeah. I was going to say that you actually did the right thing because unfortunately there are some times that I know you can share this with me as well. Sometimes we run into some business owners who decided that maybe a couple, three years ago, they had kind of that kind of got that burnt out feeling. And then unfortunately they call us two or three years too late. And now that trajectory is taking the reverse movement going down. Right. But to your point, 
And, and again, there's a couple of things about uh, business ownership that I want to talk to you about. Number one is yours. I mean, you had talked about B2C, which was where the home healthcare business was. That kind of wasn't your forte, but it sounds like you still had the drive to continue the sales progression in the right direction. So there was a passion and a desire to continue to get it to the next level. And I'm going to assume to get the best valuation for selling it uh, to the next owner. Is that right? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, the, what's funny about the part that worked in that business was the B2B part, because you had to talk to hospice companies, you had to talk to home health companies, you had to talk to other, you know, that part is really comfortable to me. It's it's not that I'm uncomfortable speaking to consumers when it's face-to-face -face with your product. It's just a lot, it's, 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 there's a lot more nuance to it. And you're talking, I mean, it's very, it's very serious business. You know, you have somebody's loved ones in your hands, you know, what you're working with. So it's a, that's a much different conversation um, that you're always trying to, I, you know, gosh, I think about if it was my own grandma, my own mom, you know, all, it's like, what would, what would I feel like, you know, when this is happening? Cause most of the people that were coming to us were in crisis. So, something had happened. Something had happened while they were calling us on a Friday at, you know, six o'clock to see somebody's being discharged or something's happening, you know, that's pretty serious. So it's just, it's completely a, a shift there to some degree. The other comment you made, Matt, and I want to kind of build on this a little bit, you talk about uh, the cookbook for owning a business and that's a franchise. And again, you and I have the experience of running into prospective buyers who are either, they have a love-hate relationship with franchise. Some of them absolutely think that franchises are no good for them because A, they, they perceive that their hands are tied. And, you know, they're, and of course you got the royalty, which covers the expenses of the stuff that's already in place. But you're one of the few people that I've ever heard that says you had this affinity toward being attracted to franchise expos. And I don't know very many people who would say that. So what, what about early on in the, in the whole process here? What attracted you to the franchise other than this cookbook or whatever else? Is there anything else you could add to that? Well, I think I learned really quickly where I said, listen, I don't know home care. I don't know anything about health care. I mean, my mom did because she had 30 years and she was a nurse and all this stuff. But I was like, there's just no way. There's no way I could, you know even it was me and her struggling and getting a license and figuring it all out to do what we did. I, the, I will say you need the franchise a lot at the beginning and they really ramp you up. And I don't, I don't even say quicker, but they, there's a lot of tools already in place, you know, and then the marketing's in place and you're not doing everything from scratch. And that was very appealing to me. And, and honestly, the, the best group of people I ever met from that was we had this thing called performance group. So that was where you really, you know, top, whether it's a top other top performers or other people that are at your same revenue, you know, as far as where you're at, you know, we looked at our P and L's and our balance sheets and got together every six months and uh, you know, had a call every um, you know, every other six months, we just had a call, but I mean, those are, those are some lifelong friends um, having to meet those people and everybody be in the same situation. And that, I, that would have never happened if you were independent per se, that would be you creating your own group of people. And honestly, even when there's certain very specific things, like how do I get into the VA? How do I work with the, the VA? You know, like somebody had already done that three times, four times, six times. It wasn't me like, Oh, wow. Like, how do I, how do I make that happen? Now I will say, it's probably easier to sell an independent agency because people mostly just want in, in that particular field, just a list of clients and caregivers and, you know, franchise can make it a little bit complicated, but if you're buying into that business and you want to be in that business and you want to have cash flow, 
I would promote a, a franchise any day of the week, you know, and, you know, it depends. And now that I've seen it even more so on all these different levels to your point though, there, there's good franchises, and bad franchises. Maybe I just got lucky on mine that really was a good franchise and had really good support and really good management. So I'm sure not everybody has the same experience um, with franchises, but I, I really did like, I, I enjoyed the support and the camaraderie a lot with the other people that, that were doing the same thing that I was doing. Yeah, and I'm going to put a big uh, or a little plug here for number one, Transworld and the other sister company of ours, Dynarama. We were at a franchise expo. Uh, United Franchise Group had a world expo last week and Sinorama is celebrating its 35th year. So there's something to be said about a franchise that's been around for 35 years. And I think they have well over 800 global locations. Transworld, similarly, they started franchising about six or seven years ago, but they were predominantly a Florida-based brokerage firm, and they partnered with Ray Titus of the United Franchise Group and began franchising, like I said, six or seven years ago. Uh, five years ago, I was one of two in Chicago. Now I'm one of seven. I'm sure we'll be much, much more down the road, but there is that base, so to speak, of a franchise that is um, uh, the, the crux of being able to grow even further. Like you said, love-hate, but in this case, I think if you can grasp the concept and understand that systems are in place that have been proven over decades decades it will help you going forward i also find that uh, people it, there's a little bit of what you're comfortable doing right so i was like gosh this is all in place i'm a sales guy i just want to get out there and sell right so that was the perfect thing for me like all the ops were kind of in a box already but if you're a real ops person i don't know maybe or maybe because you you know you're analyzing all of what they have maybe, maybe a franchise isn't for you I don't I'm not sure but this was it fit me perfect where I was like okay I don't have to worry I mean I have to worry about a lot of stuff but mainly it's just here it is fix it go out and sell it you know it was, it was a lot of it was pre done and then the whole beauty of a franchise right it's been done a hundred times so and then people fail and you know there's all this different stuff but there is a system in place that is, you know, follow the system and it should work to some degree. Yeah. When you and Tony joined the group, you already became the seventh of a local group. And now you had, at least here in Chicagoland, you had six other offices that were your, were your best friends forever immediately. Plus you, you had the, plus you had the corporate support as well. I mean, you and I both know we always have someone to reach out to, whether it be here locally or whether it be in uh, West Palm Beach, Florida, where the corporate headquarters are. So to your point, you got a lot of established bases already there to rely on. You lose a little bit of your independence, but uh, everyone's there to help you out. I think that's probably the best way you could say it, right? For sure, for sure. And again, the, the funny part with the franchise is you hate the franchise when you're doing well, right? Because now you're now you know what you're doing. So now you're just paying fees, right? But they help, you know, that whole, all that help, you got to remember all that help in the beginning that you got. So, you know, <laughs> it's just a, it's all part of it. So real quickly here, before we end a couple of things, um, you've met quite a few business owners now. Are there any kind of uh, observations that you can make based on some of those interactions you have? What would you, um, what would you say is some of the areas that are overlooked by business owners that would help them enhance value? Is it too soon for you to come up with a commentary on that? Or how would you no. kind of? Uh, it's a, it is. A, well, first of all, I'm just, curious by nature, right? So it's interesting, all these different types of businesses and all these different types of fields. But what I'm noticing right away is um, there are very few businesses that actually um, 
keep really good books. <laughs> so I think investing in a good CPA is really worth the money. You know, if you, if you can't do it and you can't do um, that, you know, keep track, good records, find somebody who can. So that's number one. Um, number two is, is it's, it's kind of the classic valuation, right? A lot of people, you put a blood, sweat and tears in this thing. This is, you, this is your baby. So you want to get paid for your baby if you're exiting. So I think sometimes the reality of what a company is actually worth. Um, now the market dictates what a company is worth, right? But there's a, the starting point could get you way more calls than just like a house or any piece of real estate. Um, so I think that's been really interesting on the valuation side and, uh, and also just a lot of what's happening right now, you know, I, I don't want to do this anymore. I, there's no labor out there or, you know, the, a lot of the people are, they just get to a point where it's like, okay, I've, I've given myself to the business gods and now I'm, I'm ready to kind of see where it goes from here. And I think I, if we can help people get onto their next stage of life, I'm, that's a, that's a satisfying feeling for sure. Yeah, one of the things I'll mention here, and Matt, you can comment accordingly as you see fit, but I think business owners need to pay attention as to how they are progressing in terms of their ownership. And what I mean by that is that they should monitor their, their passion, their drive for the business. And when that suddenly starts to wane just the littlest bit, that's the time for you to kind of say, hey, maybe it's time to move on and, and do something else or something like that. Don't lose touch of that because I think that suffers in terms of your valuation. Would you agree or... Do you have a different comment on that? I'm sorry, say that the last question again. I was saying that when owners are getting to the point where the passion and the drive is kind of getting reduced, that's when they might have to start saying to themselves, maybe it's time to move on to something else. Continuing, 100%. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's the way we've got to go. Well, so, and one other, one other final thing I would say, because I've noticed this as well, and I made this mistake, me personally, don't be the bottleneck in your business based on everything's got to go through me. You know, it's me, 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 because that can get really interesting really quick when you want to sell your business, because you, um, at that point, you, the more it's you, the more it's less sellable, right? Because if you're the face of the whole thing and, the, and you go away, then you are the asset that is part of that business, making that business uh, you know, go forward. Absolutely. Uh, we're approaching the end here. By the way, I have to add one um, non-business related, and maybe it's business related. Matt is a musician. That passion for music still lives on. You're part of a band. Who did you open up for? Tell me that big name that you opened up for. <laughs> yeah, we did Matt? open for open up for Kenny Rogers at one point. Kenny uh, Rogers. So, yeah, uh, but it's pretty uh, fun. It's, we have a musician here. We might be talking trans world in terms of musical. Uh, player, if you will. But uh, anything we haven't touched upon, Matt, that uh, you want our our listeners and our viewers to uh, to find out about uh, anything? No, just for, for what probably you always promote, tworld.com. We're backslash LaGrange. Obviously, Steve's backslash Naperville. There's always really great businesses. And and I would only say, you know, I know our, our the CEO of United Franchising Group, which is kind of our parent, always talks about books and, you know, a couple of books. The book that I read before getting in was Buy Then Build. You know, it kind of talks about that. You have a lot more success if something's already going when you when you purchase it, if you need cash flow, you know. But I uh, just like you, you know, if, if anybody has, I think you're more of a resource. If anybody has any questions about anything, it's like the biggest decision of your life to get into business or sell your business or, um, you know, anything tied in with that is there's, there's a lot going on there. So happy to be happy to help and you as well. You know, we've all been 
down that path. And I think you do a really good job, Steve, of having all these great resources for people to listen to. I've, I've listened to your other podcasts that you have, um, and uh, they're always kind of fun to, to hear people's different perspectives on, on different parts of business. Yeah, one of the things I don't profess to know is everything, and I rely on subject matter experts to help us out, and I think you've learned the same thing, too. Well, unfortunately, viewers, that's the end of our, uh, our uh, podcast for today. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, we do have a seizure business series that will be continuing on and on and on. And uh, by all means, we invite you to listen in on past recordings and uh, to be on guard for future ones coming up. Thank you very much. Have a good day. Thank you, Matt, for your time and uh, sharing your infinite wisdom. Thank you. Thanks for having me.